The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Enjoy the show. Man, having that audio hijack recording does make it easier to line things up. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a little drift in DM63. It, it came was, out fine. There was, there was a lot was a of fucking drift. drift, man. There was a <laughs> lot of fucking drift. You just don't know how much drift there was. Like I imagine. The little, I bit, imagine. The little bit that I left in there, I think it's toward the end if, it's, if you're talking about yeah. what I'm thinking about. Yeah, like it, it was it was clean enough that it didn't really screw up anything. But man, it, was, it drifted really bad around that part though like i basically had to cut out a whole section of my track and then cut a uh item and Mm -hmm. get it lined up with you so that we you know uh because yeah the way it started out when i was editing is like you were doing the whole uh you know follow us on twitter and i was coming in at the end with whatever the hell i said at the end of it like at the same time i'm like yeah major drift yeah yeah, drift is a real thing we've talked about a couple of times, but we make it through it and hopefully people are enjoying it. We have had more downloads of 63, though, than we have in other episodes from initial posting. And my my posting to that classified site are now uh, automated again, it looks like. Oh, cool. Because I went and I looked at the dates and it looks like right after I paid via PayPal, the post went live. So Excellent. Awesome things. Speaking of PayPal, I got some totally unexpected money because I forgot about it in PayPal. That's nice. Uh, yeah. Wish list member. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, and and that's the thing about those 60-day uh, affiliate programs is by the time you actually get some income from it, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I did make that sale. And you just make a couple of those and you can get a steady flow of cash coming in. Yeah. The problem is I don't really know if I want to recommend wish this member all that was, to be honest. <laughs> it's an okay plugin. Like, it's not a terrible plugin. But I I honestly like member press better, I think, mm-hmm. as a, you know, starting from scratch with no caveats, no, I need to figure out a way to make what you already have work. Uh, I think member press is slightly better. I do have a affiliate link for them also though. So both of those links will be in show notes at your own pay.com slash DM 66. Oh, he got the number right uh, today. He didn't, yeah. He, he, yeah. Look, I he know. Didn't have to fix it in <laughs> editing for it to sound like he got it right. <laughs> like, like we have in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, member press is, wish this member is cool. I, I just don't like the way they have chosen to kind of set up their, their admin area panel. Uh, member press on the other hand is, is pretty solid. They actually took over that plugin, Mike, that I was used to tell you about all the time. Members, the free one that would let you go in and kind of customize user roles. Wait, you have used that because you, you made one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm using it on one of the sites I'm working with. Well, kind of working with. Semi-working on. Uh. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like member press. Uh, I actually like it better than the tips and tricks uh, guys member plug-in too. Uh, but I, I had issues with theirs back in the day because it's like some features that you would just suspect to be able to have. It's like it doesn't work that way. Uh and then you reach out to support. And they're like, well, you could hire us to add this. And I was like, uh, I'll just mm. make it work. Right. And ju- I'll just use a different tool and get done what I need to get done through that. Exactly. Other tool. Exactly. 
show. I was going. There was something that I was like, oh, man, this is why we need to write shit down. (laughs) You know, but writing shit down sometimes doesn't work either if you don't look at it when you're actually recording either. That doesn't help. Uh, Or you write something down and then forget what the hell you were supposed to say about it. Uh, What we should do is just start pre-recording what we're going to say about a thing and then just drop it in the show like, there it is. Uh, 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 it sounds like something we could get away with possibly doing, but that also think that 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 assumes that we have some premonition about what the episode's going to be. Although we could tailor the episode based around the little voice clips that we send to Demasi, and he throws in using loopback, and then all of a sudden we'll we'll start that conversation. Maybe that'll be a new podcast <laughs> we create in the near future. <laughs> Look, I was thinking about like, okay, play this audio clip recorded from JPR and then we both sit here and discuss what the hell was you thinking when you said that <laughs> at 2 30 in the morning super quiet trying not to wake anyone else up it's like oh, this is the brilliant idea we have to talk about on DM 75 <laughs> no but what I wanted to bring up to you is we had some interesting Christmas uh, additions to our family um, we talked about this in a previous episode and I'll link to it at the DM 66 show notes, but we ended up with a robot vacuum and I wanted to share my initial thoughts with this thing, uh, how I like it and, and whatnot. So I told you probably the day we got it, wasn't it that we, that we picked that up? Well, that my mother-in-law picked that up for us. Cause I don't know that I would actually buy one yeah basically. yeah you Maybe. told me about it. i think it was like the day after christmas me and you talked uh you told me about it yeah so uh my mother-in-law got us a eufy uh robo vacuum cleaner that has its own charging base it does not empty itself but what it does is it puts around the house and it vacuums things up and we have it set up on a schedule she was going to get us an iRobot or a Roomba or, or iRobot Roomba. I think iRobot's who makes a Roomba. But the, um, her significant other's daughter actually bought her one of those iRobots for her, um, for just as a gift. I, I don't know that it was a Christmas gift. It might have been a birthday gift because her birthday's in December, too. So, uh, anyways, her significant other's daughter bought my mother-in-law one of these. And she's like, oh. Michael and Mallory need this. They've got two teenage boys most of the time, sometimes three boys, and boys are not clean. Uh, so maybe I should get get them one of these. And she went to get an iRobot, and guess what? They were all sold out, uh, the ones that emptied themselves. And so she picked this up, and we'll have a link at DM66 at youronpay.com slash DM66. And it is, it's not super loud. It's also not super quiet. It's just one of those... It's at the level where you can tolerate the noise. It's a disc-like uh, form factor that the uh, bin where all of the stuff it it sucks up uh, goes to is in the front of it, and then its charging ports are on its back. Um, it does connect to the A-Lady, and it does connect to Google, and it's got a interesting way of getting getting around. So it doesn't map the house like some of the other ones does. What it does is you activate it either from the app or using the A-Lady or Google, and uh, you tell it to start cleaning. So it will leave its base, and then it goes in a straight line until it approaches something. And it, its bin in its front 
also has some leeway, so it will push against something, and that'll tell the sensors inside the robot, oh, there's something there, so I need to try to turn and go around that thing uh, and keep going in a straight line. And then when it when it cannot determine if there's uh, further that it can go, it seems to turn itself around and go back in the opposite direction. So it goes uh, it does go very slow, which is fine. Uh, and it does do things pretty independently uh, every once in a while to get stuck. Or we named it the Avenger. And uh, my favorite notification to get on the Eufy app is uh, RoboVac the Avengers uh, cleaning brushes are stuck. And then right after that, it says RoboVac the, RoboVac the Avenger is on a cliff or an edge or something that it's going to fall off of or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, that is hilarious. And literally, it's on a carpet that's like two inches tall, <laughs> not even two inches tall. But it thinks it's a it's an edge or a cliff or something. I don't think it says cliff, but that's what I think of. It says it's on an edge and it's about to fall. Or, or, and then it says to help RoboVac. So uh, I, I like it. It's pretty entertaining. We've uh, set it up on a schedule to start cleaning at 8 p.m. I typically will run RoboVac one time during the day before that, and it will run uh, for about 100 minutes with its standard suction option selected. You can do two different options as well, which will reduce the battery time. And then the last thing that both, well, mainly Nicholas, uh, Ben and Andrew could care less about it, but Nicholas loves to tell the A-Lady to say, hey, tell tell RoboVac to go home. And then it makes a, a beep sound and then it turns its suction off and it goes and finds its home, backs right up to it and starts charging. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to have around. Uh, if you have dogs that have accidents in the house, I don't recommend it. Uh, or if you use it in a separate area from where those dogs are, then that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty satisfied with it. It does come with some additional brushes uh, that it can use. So what it does is it has this little... It's a three-part uh, wire brush. It's not actually wire, but it, it looks. It reminds me of like a little broom, a tiny little broom, and that spins, uh, which pushes debris underneath it, which then it sucks up, uh, and so it's it's pretty convenient. You don't realize how much hair is in your house until you run one of these, and you're like, man, you got that much hair off the floor. And it's been that way for the last week. Um, so that's kind of nice, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our experiences with the RoboVac by UV Home. So how's the accessibility of the app? Uh, and what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's completely usable. Um, some of the buttons have some weird labels about them, but if if you're slowing down and you're actually paying attention, um, that's pretty usable and and you can click everything. Um, I don't remember. I think Mallory actually set up the schedule, so I don't remember if that process is accessible. But the biggest thing is that the sign-up process is accessible. And if you have one of these other assistants in your house, or if you get the Google Assistant or the A-Lady on your phone, and you connect the skill to the UV or UFI app itself, then you can control it all via your voice. So that that does give it that added benefit as well. Uh, and that was going to be my other question is, if you, I'm assuming you connected it to Google 
home? Uh, no. Okay, so I should not make that assumption because you use Alexa also. Uh, yeah, I was curious. I don't know anything about the schedule. Mm. I don't know anything about the A-Ladies uh, setup. I was thinking about, I wonder if it would show up as a device inside of the Google Home app. Uh, it should, I think. I don't, I don't actually know that. That's interesting. Um, huh. Maybe I will play with that. But yeah, it, it shows up as a device with the, once you connect it, you can say, Hey lady, tell RoboVac to start cleaning or tell RoboVac to go home. Uh, one thing you cannot do that we haven't figured out is to say, Hey lady, tell the Avenger to start cleaning. Uh, it has to say, tell RoboVac. So that's, that's disconcerting, I guess. Not disconcerting. That's an inconvenience. You it's not as fun. Pull that name over. It's not as fun, too. Like, if I had two of these, how would it know which one to tell to start cleaning? Or does uh, it have both of them start cleaning? <laughs> uh, then there becomes a battle. Yeah. I was cleaning this spot first. <laughs> It'd be like automated bumper cars. <laughs> <laughs> so... That is cool, man. That is cool. Yeah, I've been been playing a lot more with Google Home since I uh, got the Google Wi-Fi and we set up the home device. Uh, the, nope, what is it called now? The Google Nest oh. Hub. Yeah. Uh, been playing with that a little bit more. The Nest Hub has really gotten interesting uh, now uh, because you have a lot more third-party services you're able to connect. So, like, we have Apple Music connected to it. Uh, and... Yeah, finally, man, because it was getting so tedious. Uh, and I don't really use it all that much, honestly. But, like, right. Teal would come to me every couple of months and, like, uh, how do I play music on the on the home, Google Home, on the Google? It's like, yeah. uh, you got to just connect to it as a Bluetooth speaker. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yep. Uh, but now can you ask Google to play specific songs or have yes. you played with that much? Yeah, it, it it works just like that. So it it is you can say you know, uh, you know, hey G, play you know such and such song, and if you set, uh, my experience at least has been that I have set it so that Google, I mean not Google, Apple Music is the default music app, so it will automatically go play it in Apple Music, uh, go play it from Apple Music. Uh, which is cool, you know. It was, it was a fun thing to do uh, over Christmas, playing Christmas songs for the kids, and they got into the whole deal, and they were going there and say, "Hey, play, play, you know, such and such." And of course, they don't get the name of the song right, and it's like, "I can't do that." It's, but you can also connect uh, uh, some streaming services as well. So I know Disney Plus is one of those. I believe Hulu and Netflix are also included there. Uh, so, you know, because it has a screen on it, you have actually have the ability to stream some, some of the, uh, streaming services directly to it. So I connected Disney plus, I don't have Hulu active at the moment. Uh, so play some stuff for the kids that way as well. And they are pretty good at going in there and telling them to play some in Disney plus, uh, and they watch it on the screen or yes. do they cast that to a different Nah, place? they sit there and watch it on the screen in the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, you can't have it man i couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah but you can't have it cast like if we had a I had the chromecast hooked up to the televisions you could also use it to cast content to a different device uh i've been meaning to pull out my old uh 
Chromecast audio and see if that would would work. Uh, mm-hmm. If it would if it would see that and you know have it connected to a speaker, uh, and would it would it let me cast audio over there? Uh, but it's been an interesting experience. So spending you know good bit of time inside of the Google Home app, uh, figuring stuff out, figuring out that it is really bad. Uh, don't don't mm-hmm. make the move of setting up a Google Home or any Google Home type device using your G Suite account because you're gonna eventually run into some pain points that are gonna hurt. So, um, have you played much with the back tap shortcut for using Google Assistant or connecting Google Assistant to Siri? or not with your current device? I have not done that yet. Uh, that is the thing I'm going to do. I think now I'm going to wait uh, because we just purchased Tia a new uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max. Jesus, a lot to say for a freaking phone. Uh, it is. So when that arrives, I am going to take her uh, iPhone XR that she's currently using. Uh, and most likely I'm going to set that up from scratch. Uh, even though I just kind of went through that process, but I haven't really gotten out of that process yet. Like there, there's so much about my whole setup. Like I have the apps I need to have on my phone, so I'm fine there, but I haven't done any of the major setting up that I needed to do. Uh, anyway, it's kind of, kind of piecemeal. Like, oh, this is broken. Let me fix that. Let me change this, et cetera. So I'm probably going to set her phone up from scratch uh, when I get it. Uh, and then I will uh, most definitely go through and set up stuff like the, because uh, that is the thing I want to do since I have the Google home and google wi-fi all this stuff it looks like i'm in the google home now instead of you know siri home but you know whatever right uh, so yeah definitely going to set up the assistant to uh use that back tab gesture to to trigger the assistant sweet that's exciting because i'm i'm interested in how that experience goes uh for you because right now my device is Definitely not something I can rely on for that. <laughs> yeah, also, you get Mallory a new phone, and you get to take her current phone. Yeah, we've we've. Is that, that not the reverse of what most of the 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 the, the guys? It, well, I've heard a couple of females say the same thing too. But you know, like the typically the tech the technical minded person in the family usually gets the new thing and then has the old thing down to the to the spouse yep. or whatever significant other, but. uh we're doing the total opposites. Like, I'm going to get you the new thing, and then I'll take your old thing. What does that <laughs> say about the state of the world? Right. But I don't really have a need for a new phone, honestly. Uh, and, and at least in my case, and probably, I'm guessing probably similar for you as well. Like, the benefits of the newer phone mostly are, like, camera features. I don't take pictures. Tia takes all the pictures. So, uh you know, she, she gets to yep. do that and use all of that. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to be walking around with the best camera in the house when I don't, you know, ever open it up to take a picture. And I'm coming from an 8 going to a 10R, so I will now finally have the opportunity to truly experience uh, I.O. Apple's Face ID. I've, I've had a year with Google's, uh, which is interesting. It works most of the time. Most of the time when you're not wearing a mask. Yeah, well, that's going to be a thing to get used to, right? But, you know, I don't hardly ever go anywhere. When I do, I do have a mask on, but I don't hardly go anywhere. Uh, So, and when I do, I think it's rare that I have to pull my phone out. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I would have bought a new phone for me if they would have put the freaking touch ID in the button like they did on the iPhone. I mean, on the iPad uh, Air this year. 
I suspect we might see that later, uh, like see that this year in, in the new phones, the iPhone 13 or whatever they call it. Maybe this year they kill off the numbers and just, it's just the iPhone. <laughs> Everybody says 13 is bad luck. Uh, and if you use iOS 13, you probably agree with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I jumped over the iOS you 13. You um, Adventure you did you managed to <laughs> jump completely over that because let's see you was on Android for the whole time that it was released and then when you started coming back and playing with iOS again you jumped on the fourteen beta so yeah you you missed the entire thing yep uh, smart move wish I'd have thought of that like oh, I would switch to Android right? this year <laughs> I thought about it about halfway through fuck <laughs> like I switched to Android because this is terrible <laughs> how is your Android experience going. Uh, you've been using it off and on, haven't you? Yeah, I've still been using it off and on. I almost, I almost, I ended up not doing it. Uh, but I almost bought a new uh, Android phone because I'm actually taking the Pixel, what is this, uh, Pixel 4? Pixel 4. I'm going to send the Pixel 4 to my mother because she, she needs to keep her Android phone. I uh, almost bought a new new Android phone. Uh, there was a deal going with Google Fi. Uh, one, I got an email from Google Fi. I was like, hey, using this coupon, you can get $100 worth of credit or something like that. And I was like, hey, sweet. I could use Google Fi for a little while. <laughs> uh, and as I'm browsing the Google, because I was just going to set up a number and just like, you know, pay whatever the initial cost was up front to get it going. And they just have like a Fi number to, to play around with. So they had this deal on Google Fi. And as I'm looking on the Google Fi website, uh, I saw a thing that says, hey, get $200 off of with new service of uh, get $200 off with new service. The cost of a Motorola something It's like the Motorola X or Motorola X one or something like that. Uh, it's like a $250 phone. So I was like, huh, pay 49 bucks and get this Android phone. And OK, that might be cool. Uh, hmm. and then it looked like it didn't want to actually give me my discount uh, at the end so I was like I don't really feel like fighting with it because I probably really don't need to spend the $49 that it costs plus whatever the tax is to get the device anyway I don't need to spend 100 bucks on right. this what the hell am I doing but they almost had me if they would have just let everything just sail through all smoothly I would have spent it and be like I probably really shouldn't have done that uh, but I would have done it, it <laughs> uh, but yeah Google, Google Android has been uh, interesting. I'm actually at the point now I need to wipe this pixel so I can ship it to my mother uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but it, it's been fun. Uh, it has been helpful. I've been actually playing around quite a bit with it. And one of the reasons I, I was actually thinking about it, not just to have two phones because I don't really need two phones, is that uh, there are some features that are you know more straightforward or probably enhanced by having an Android phone with dealing with Google Home stuff. Uh, is one of the things I was thinking about uh, and possibly setting it up as like some sort of you know home remote kit deal thing uh, I hadn't really thought it all the way out I would have figured it out after I bought the phone <laughs> uh, but I decided I could probably better spend the money that I would have paid for the remainder of the balance in the taxes for a phone and phone service and all of that by getting me a raspberry pie oh so you're getting one of those huh 
Yeah, at some point. I haven't made an order yet. Uh, but yeah, that, that is probably going to be the next purchase that I make. Uh, for me, will most likely be a Raspberry Pi. So sometime in the coming weeks, I will go order one. I like that transition there because I know what's coming next. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are professionals at this, I tell you. We know what we're doing. Uh, sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. So, Mike, you got uh, you got the boys some kind of. Uh, did you figure out what it is you got the boys for Christmas? No, I should log into Mallory's uh, account. But we got them a maker kit of some sort. Uh, maker, for those who don't know, is this new-ish, not too super new trend uh, where people are actually taking equipment and making things out of them. So what we got them is this kit to make robots, little little robots that can move around, and that's pretty much all they do. I I, I envision them as like robotic um, remote control cars. You can use, I think it's Scratch. It might be a different one, uh, but it's a visual programming language to program uh, the yeah. robots. Um, and then they build the robots and then connect it to the Scratch or whatever tool it is and use that to be able to build it out. Uh, and so we got them that, but I just picked myself up a Raspberry Pi, uh, 4B, uh, Canoe, can, uh, how, how do you say that name or do we just want to link it? Uh, we um, will just link to the <laughs> name of this company. It's like Canakit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Canakit. Like that. That's, I think how you say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got the Raspberry Pi 4B, you get the four or the eight gig, uh, Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that's the one I'm going to most likely get to. Uh, and then we picked up a 128 gig uh, SanDisk SSD card or SD card, not SSD. I'm thinking a solid state, uh, but a 128 gig SD card, which you do not need something that big for Raspberry projects, Raspberry Pi projects. I'm thinking future proof and or moving content over or using it if Mallory has her way. <laughs> which she probably will, uh, using it to set up an older Raspberry Pi because I, I envision that more of these will show up in my house in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but using it to store video on because you can make your own personal um, security system or camera mm -hmm. system and use the 12 megapixel camera kit that you can buy for the raspberry pi uh and then just store the videos locally and so that 128 sd card will be used uh i probably only need 8 or 16 gigs for for the projects i want to work on but there's a few different things that i've thought about the raspberry pi 4 for uh playing around with pbx systems and then this ham radio hobby that I started my ad official adventures in, in July has taken me down the path of, well, I could do this with a raspberry Pi and my radio too. So maybe I should, I should experiment with that. So that's, that's been, that's been fun. Yeah. My, I have a couple of projects I want to do like you. I think once I get the first one and actually get to tinker with it and try out a couple of different things, there will be more of them that show up. Some of them, the cheaper versions, like the, you know, maybe the older model or, or smaller uh, RAM. Cause some things, you know, a lot of things you run on a Raspberry Pi don't really require, you know, eight gigs of RAM. They don't require four gigs of RAM. Uh, and there are people still buying the original Pi Zero to do, you know, very small things yep. with, uh, so, and those come in at 20 bucks 
Raspberry Pi Zero. You can get one of those for, I think it's 18 50 or something like that. It's under 20 bucks. And the Raspberry Pi Zero will be sold through 2026. So it's not like something that's going to lose all of its support. Right. Right. Uh, is that with the kit for like 20 bucks? Oh, just a, no. just a board? I that's saw just, a board somewhere for 10 bucks. Yeah, just the board. Really? I think it might have yeah. been on the Raspberry Pi or linked off of the Raspberry Pi Foundation's website. Oh, somewhere for 10 bucks. Very well could be, but needless to say, especially for little projects, those only have five, 12 megs of RAM though. Just keep that in mind. Uh, for little projects. Yeah, say you want to set so up like your own, uh, you want to set up a DNS server in your house because your router doesn't let you do exactly what you want to do like that. That's, you know, a smallish project uh, that you could do. Right. Because you're not going to have a million people running DNS queries right. through Raspberry Pi. It's going to be. 10, maybe 15 devices. Right. Or if you want maybe. to set up like the, the, the pie hole, uh, yeah. uh, I forget exactly what it's to get rid of ads. Yeah. 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 That's what it does. I, I was trying to think of what you would call it, uh, what, what you call it, but yeah, it did, you know, help block ads on, on, you know, network wide. So anybody on your network is, is getting ads blocked and you're not paying for, you know, some app or service to do the same thing for you. Like it's a lot of, there's some interesting smaller things. I would imagine probably maybe not the Pi zero, but maybe like the, uh, probably the Pi three is what. I yeah. I was going to say like the Pi three, which older, is but. 25, 35 bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, set that up for for the, the home security system as well, because that's what I was thinking about. I really want to play with one because building out my own home security system with a Pi at at the core of that, uh, one ultimately probably would be cheaper than trying to buy something you know specific from a manufacturer. And yeah. I can add on what I want to add on, right? Like I, you know, if I need sensors, I can pick up sensors. Their camera kit uh, for the Raspberry Pi is like. 40 50 bucks yeah yeah it's it's under 50 bucks i don't remember exactly how much it is but mallory's got one in her cart from amazon as as she wasn't so she went to me and said hey can we look at a security system i'd feel better with one and i'm like yeah we can but i gotta do some research see what's accessible whereas with this instance if we build it out ourselves we can use the tools necessary to make it as accessible as we want but i also understand that there's listeners out there that don't want to tinker around right. for for your mindset, my mindset, and apparently her mindset too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's gonna be uh, the path we go down. And you know, you could use. Uh, I have a link. I'll link to it at youronpay.com/dm66. To I think it's forty-two different Raspberry Pi projects. Oh yeah, yeah. You sent me that link. I hadn't looked yeah. at it yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you can set up a a a laser uh, line trip sensor. So if you have a laser light, you can set it up so that will activate the Raspberry Pi. So you can put those in different places, uh, and then you can combine a couple of those projects to make a robust security system, and it not cost you three hundred dollars which is what some of the systems we're looking at would cost um and and then for your alerting service because someone's probably out there saying well how would i get alerted if i'm away from home you connect that to something like uh s3 to store your videos or uh twilio to send your text messages or give you an automated phone call to tell you hey something's going on like the the possibilities are extremely robust yeah yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, you know, it's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to want to tinker, has the the, uh, patience. the patience or the curiosity to try to, 
you know, build this thing. But for me, it's like, yeah, that is kind of exactly what I like. Uh, when I first heard right. about the camera, ki- the little camera they, they introduced, I was like, ah, well, I think you solve our problem right there. I just got to find it, put it together. <laughs> but yeah, I think I like this a whole lot more than, you know, say paying, like you said, 300 bucks for a kit. And then you don't get everything that you actually wanted because you're missing a couple of sensors that you need to also buy. Then you're paying the monitoring service and uh getting yourself suckered into a contract yeah yeah well then <laughs> that's your life gone all to a security yeah whereas you build it yourself and then like you said you know you're able to kind of tailor it to exactly what you need right so if you just need you know some simple you know triggers you know if if a window breaks you know here's some some sensors for that here's a laser the laser thing sounds cool it's like oh yeah so yeah yeah if a boy opens the refrigerator yeah, this, past 10 p.m., ah, send me so a text funny. message. This is exactly what I was thinking about when I was like, that laser thing sounds kind of cool, though. Because it's like, oh, my daughter likes to go in the kitchen when nobody's anywhere near the kitchen and go in there and just take stuff out and start eating it. It's like, aha, aha. She's <laughs> like, oh, so you're in the kitchen. You're in the, you're in the refrigerator now, huh? I see you. I, I heard you. I know you were there. Right. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting project. Uh, I got a GD77 radio, too, recently. Uh, I think I got it. It came in Saturday. It's supposed to be here Sunday. Uh, but that's a pretty... So, those who don't know, a GD77 is a dual-band, 70-centimeter, uh, 2-meter uh, ham radio. And it's what I use to talk to local people uh, and, and access a couple different repeaters. And number one... Uh, when I first started talking about the Raspberry Pi, uh, Chip, who is uh, the local chap- ham radio chapter president, KE7ADD, he told me, he said, um, Michael, it's going to be a couple of weeks. I will see you when you come out of that rabbit hole once you get the uh, Raspberry Pi. And that was before I actually bought it. But then I started doing some research. I'm like, man, that man is not wrong. It, it could very well become a rabbit hole that I fall down and not come out of for a little while because of all the different things you can do with it. Uh, but this GD77 is a, I got picked it up for $65. Uh, and there's some software out there. Again, I'll link to it. Um, that's the called the OpenGD77 software. And what you can do is you flash the software to your radio and it takes a completely, not completely because there's tactile buttons in it and little beeps and stuff that you can hear, but it takes a mostly inaccessible radio and you can uh, flash the software to it and it's fully accessible sub $75 in uh, the software is free and being actively developed. So uh, that started me in my tinkering, um, adventures getting involved in ham radio and then taking things to the next level so that's that's been my adventure because i've had a cheap radio for like 30 bucks Balfan radio that does the same thing it talks to you but it doesn't read everything and it's got a weird accent and it's very difficult to understand to i went to a local radio that someone gave me that has buttons well he sold it to me but it has buttons but the dial to program it is it doesn't stop at each end so you never know exactly where you are without sighted assistance to this third radio that i can independently program from the computer or from the keypad if i need to and uh, you know i could have just gave up on the first radio and said oh well this is the best that i have whereas now i'm tinkering around with this and i'm probably not going to go spend five hundred dollars on a kenwood radio that talks to me when i can do it for under a hundred dollars and all i had to do was some some 
basically just follow some basic directions. And that's really what the Raspberry Pi comes down to is, you know, other people have done what you probably want to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to follow some directions and do some basic troubleshooting, then you can do those projects too. And look, man, I, I, I am excited about a Pi uh, because, you know, there's things like Homebridge that I will most likely end up buying a Pi for. I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm curious if there is a way to do a similar thing with products that are not in the Google or uh, Amazon ecosystem directly uh but most stuff seems to be so maybe not uh but homebridge for for people listening is a um open source software there's a couple of other versions of this out there that have been built on top of homebridge uh at this point but homebridge is the original kind of open source base of this uh that allows you to you can run it on any device you can run it on a mac you can run it on a linux machine you can run it on a raspberry pi you might be able to run it on windows i'm not sure uh but what it allows you to do is bring into your HomeKit environment uh, things that aren't natively supported by HomeKit. And that's done by way of plugins. So let's say the Wise uh, lineup of products, for example, are not HomeKit compatible. Well, using HomeBridge, uh, you could install the plugin for the Wise stuff connect Wise up the way it needs to be connected. And then now it is in HomeBridge which bridges, you know, that's where the name comes from, bridges that connection over into HomeKit. So now you can address those devices uh, with Siri, uh, see and control and group them and all of those things inside of the Home app, uh, et cetera. That was the first thing, that, that that was the first project I heard about that was like, oh, I should really look at a Raspberry Pi for this because one of my holdups on really doing any kind of smart home stuff is the fact I don't want to be one. I don't want 17 hubs in my house for each, you know, all these different companies, you know, a Logitech hub and a, a Hue hub. And, a, you know, I don't want all these freaking hubs. I ain't got all these connections anyway. I got to go buy a switch just to plug in the hubs. Uh, I really <laughs> want it because like I'm comfortable going across platform. I have no problem whatsoever, but you know, my family is Apple. The, the kids got iPads, kids got iPhone, Apple watch, all that. So they're going to mostly talk to Siri. It's, it's, it, it actually was surprising to me how much she uses the, uh, nest hub. Uh, but she literally depends on the nest mm-hmm. hub. Like that's her timers and all of that stuff, uh, in the kitchen. Uh, ah. And it, it kept me from having to, one, necessarily go buy a HomePod back then. Uh, and it also saved me the headache of having to explain to her, like I said, I bought this HomePod for 300 bucks, uh, And I set it up so you mm-hmm. can use it, but mm-hmm. you can only set one timer at a time. Now, that has since, you know, changed as a, as a, as a problem. But when it initially came out, if you said, hey, S-Lady, set a timer for 30 minutes, that's your timer until you're done, right? Whereas with Google... When we first got the Nest Hub, uh, when it was still actually called Home Hub, you could say, hey, gee, set a set my bread timer for 10 minutes. And, you know, five minutes later, hey, gee, set my uh, lasagna timer for 45 minutes. Right. Uh, this was not. You yeah. could also do this with Alexa for the people, you know, screaming like, well, the A lady. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't want Alexa in my house, though. To be honest, I'm not really a big fan of, 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 of Alexa. Uh, so, but you could not do that with the HomePod when you were first nope, looking at it. You could not do that with the, it. Was only recently, I want to say it was possibly with the release of iOS 4, 13 uh, or sometime during mm-hmm. that release cycle, uh, is when they, it, it got that capability. Uh, so, 
And, you know, look, 350 bucks. Yes, I oftentimes myself see them on sale for like $250, $200, but, you know, it's just a speaker. And yes, he could get a HomePod mini, but, but why yeah. when he already has a Google Nest Hub in the kitchen and the family is already comfortable with using that device and it does everything you need yeah, to Yeah, right? it does. Like it, it, it does. So I, I will most likely start buying stuff. But Homebridge is what really kind of was like, oh, there's a thing that I would actually sit down. And I know for certain if I bought a Raspberry Pi, I would sit down and set that up because I would need that if I want to start being able to control uh, lights and, and thermostats and things of that nature. Because one of the things I really do want to buy as a smart home product is a uh, thermostat. Uh, I will drop a link in the show notes at youronpay.com slash DM66 to one that I'm interested in. I have not yet bought it, uh, okay. but I will drop a link to it simply because I like it. One is under, well, it was under $100 when I last looked at it. Uh, it is from a company that has been doing in the business of making, you know, AV. Wait, is that the right? No. Uh, AV makes you think audio video. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thanks, Mike. That's what I was looking for. HVAC, uh, stuff for years. Like, and they have primarily been a, a seller, you know, their, their main company has been a seller to, to big industry, uh, for mm-hmm. HVAC stuff. Uh, this is a consumer grade thermostat. Uh, it does have buttons. It does have an app. It has Wi-Fi. Uh, and it is, uh, it sounds pretty nice. And the person who I heard about it from was Steve Gibson on the security now podcast who is or has been for a while seriously averse to any kind of smart home stuff that's going to go back yakking to some other company over the cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he liked it. I went and looked at the specs of it. I'm like, yeah, I like that. There are two versions. The one I'm going to link to is the one that actually has buttons. There's a newer version uh, that still has the Wi-Fi and all of that, but it also has touch buttons, uh, which I don't want. Uh, and like the Nest thermostats and the echo bees it, it, the newer version will show you you know like temperature stuff on the actual thermostat like you know visual representation not just you know hey it's 50 degrees here uh, that would be cold uh but i, I will link to it in, in the show notes it is interesting to me uh, i think it has integration with all of the home all of the uh assistants i know it has a and g i think there's some specifics you have to meet with the wiring for it to work with the s lady uh but most, I just want a thermostat that I can control because the one I have now, like it, right. there's buttons and I can, I can turn the temperature up. I can turn the temperature down. I can turn on the air. I can turn on the heat. I have no idea what the hell the temperature is set to. So <laughs> if it's colder here, I turn on the heat and I turn that shit up until the heater comes on. And then eventually it's not cold. And then I go and when it gets too hot, I go in there and I turn the heat down. Like that's, a, but I'm, I'm yep. jumping around too much. Uh, one of the advantages of a smart dealie is, you know, for me, I can't really sleep when I'm hot. Now, I do have kids, and I have to think about this. Like, just because I'm hot doesn't mean the kids are hot. Uh, but one of the nice things about a smart thermostat, the majority of them that I have ever looked at, period, give you the ability to set at least a simple schedule. If it's not anything complex, it can be a simple schedule. You know, at, you know, turn off the heat at this time, turn the heat back on at this time. So by the time everybody gets out of bed, you know, it's not freezing in here because your, your daddy was, you know, uh, about to die from the heat at three o'clock in the morning, just went in there and turned that shit off. You wake up to go do school, and you know it's it's, it's freezing. Right, right, right. Uh, but the pie is super interesting. We will definitely be circling back around to this topic uh, probably several times over uh, 
2021 uh, because there is so much to do, so much that you can do. An idea that I have had, Mike, and I will float it out here uh, now, is that some of the things that can be done with a Raspberry Pi, true, I understand most people, a lot of people don't have the inclination to go fiddle with all of that. One possible, you know, sideline of business would be for some things, you know, pre-configured pies that you ship to someone. Right. Uh, you know, right. then all they have to do is just get it on the network. They do come with Ethernet or all of the newer models to be, I mean, the four, the series three, I think the series two even uh, come with Ethernet port. So, you know, you plug in, you got USB yeah. ports. Another thing I'm interested in doing with it too is like a media server uh, setting up Plex and running that off of a Pi. And they're powered via USB. Well, the four is powered via USB C. USB C. So, yay for USB C. Yes, yes. So that's exciting. And you know, there's a company. I don't remember the name of it, but I will try to get show notes out there that does just that. In the, I mean, there's a few companies that do just that in the ham radio arena, where they configure it um this company will if you give them your details which i'm not sure if i'm comfortable with that but they'll even configure your ssid and your password into it before they ship it to you and then uh they'll ship it to Mm. you and it's ready to go it has a trans uh, receiver inside of it and then you can use that to get onto like the D-Star network or to get onto dmr uh that it requires you taking an analog signal and turning that into a digital signal to send over the internet to uh, make your own personal hotspot is what it's called. It's like a, your own personal repeater, but there there's that type of business out there because you're right. There's people who would like the things that you can create with a raspberry Pi. would like the price of that raspberry Pi, but don't want to deal with the effort of actually putting it together. So I, I think you're going somewhere with that. <laughs> Yeah, the idea sparked for me uh, when I was chatting with a friend of mine who is, you know, he likes technology stuff, but he's not going to go screw around with the terminal and setting up a pie. Because I think a lot of the configuration, at least from a blind person's perspective, will be for me. Well, I'm not going to even say that. I will say for me, a lot of, you know, uh, setting up, configuring of the pie will be done through terminal, right? Connecting to the Raspberry Pi on my network from my Mac. Uh, you can plug up a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse and use, you know, Linux or even Windows 10 I hear uh, can be. Yeah, it does look like just as a quick side note that you do have to connect a mouse and keyboard for initial setup. But after that, you can use SSH to connect to it. So here's the thing you can do. Have to get the exact uh, instructions for this, but. If you drop a specific file onto the SD card before you put it into the Pi that automatically configures SSH, you get to bypass that whole step. Ooh. See? We'll have more notes at youronpay.com slash dm66 because we're all learning something new. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, So... You know, talking with him, he we we were kicking around the idea of like the media center... uh, and actually, the reason I didn't buy a pie back this last summer is because I heard as I was as it was actually in my cart uh, on Amazon or eBay. Yep, we talked about cart, that. And then I heard, oh, they're coming out with an eight gig version of this. I was like, oh, well, hold on, swing on that one <laughs> uh, because I think 
probably try to run Plex with an external hard drive plugged into it. It might require that eight gigs around. Let's 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 kick that back and wait on that for a second. Uh, but he was wanting a similar setup. Like he wanted Homebridge is actually what he wanted set up. Uh, and one at the time he didn't have a Mac. He didn't even have a computer. Right. His his, his household has gone uh, all iOS. Right. So iPad, iPhone for everything. There's no computer. Uh, and how there is now. Uh, but there wasn't back then. So the idea was, you know, kicked around like, well, man, if you buy the pie, send it to me. I'll set it up for you. Uh, you know, I'll probably take me a couple of weeks because I'm going to have to tinker with it and make sure everything works and test it out. But once I know exactly this configuration works, I did not think about the whole plug in your SSID for you. And so when you get it, it's already on your network. I didn't even think about that. Uh, right. But I'll configure it, get everything set up, make sure it works, and then, you know, get it to a state where all you basically need to do is go plug it in uh, to your network. And putting your Wi-Fi network details. Yeah, yeah. Or, just, oh, I, I, I was going to say plug it in via Ethernet. He doesn't need have to bother with trying yeah. to go deal with, you know, and, and me being the type of person I am, I just was like, I don't want anybody's password to their shit. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, it. it just yeah. didn't occur to me because that's not how my mind works. It's like, yeah, I'll let you deal with that part of it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, just <laughs> plug it in Ethernet, uh, get it plugged up, get it on, and then probably with a little bit of help from me, you know, just kind of telling him like, okay, so go here, do this, do this, do this. Now you should be good to go. Uh, and that conversation sparked because uh, the, the Homebridge folks had recently at that time released uh, a version of Homebridge that had a GUI attached to it now because everything for Homebridge used to be command line mm-hmm. only uh, prior to that. Uh, and that, that's kind of what started the idea. I never bought the Pi because like, you know, the 8 gig model came out and I got busy and I, you know, like, your, like, 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 like the guy Chip told you, like, I'm probably going to lose about two weeks. So... Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I don't got time to get this now because not only does it cost money, but it's going to yep, cost, which also costs me money. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yes, like, like, yes. Can you help out with this part? No, no, no. Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi. You're eating raspberry <laughs> right. Pi? Nope, I'm building one right now. Hold on. I'm, I'm building a robot for my son because you figured out, he, he found on YouTube somebody made a raspberry Pi robot and now he wants me to make a remote control robot with a raspberry Pi. <laughs> <laughs> now is that real or is that something you're uh, afraid would happen because Lincoln looking so on YouTube Lincoln find us up on YouTube <laughs> that might be a little bit of a stretch at this particular point mostly because I blocked YouTube uh, and I blocked YouTube well I blocked <laughs> you YouTube go. on their iPads because my daughter was watching some stupid videos and I, 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 I can't police her enough to make sure she's not watching them uh, and she also, because she's a kid and it's funny and fascinating to her, doesn't understand why I don't want her to watch them. Uh, I think it teaches, I think it demonstrates bad <laughs> behavior and she's not able to grasp the subtleness. I think they're a little too subtle for a kid without a parent there to watch it with them. Uh, they're a little too subtle in the, this is bad behavior. Now let's talk about the good behavior, how you should act. Like she's, she's, you know, and because she's yeah. a kid, she's like, oh, that looks like it's fun. I'm going to run around and do that too. It's like, yeah, but you didn't, you totally missed the point i don't like the videos they're stupid so i don't want to sit hmm. there and watch them with you we're trying to have that conversation either so i'll just block them for right now uh probably not the best parenting parenting uh <laughs> advice out there but yeah that's what i did i pay for disney plus go watch the mouse <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Go watch yeah, Disney yeah, Plus on the Nest yeah, Home yeah. Hub. <laughs> Quick YouTube. But no, I do believe that it is possible to set up, uh, you know, remote controlled devices using a Raspberry Pi. Uh, so yeah, you can make a it robot is. or a car. Like a car would be cool. Like you make a remote control car. You got it. I don't know. See, there's, there's, there's the, the possibilities are in make this. a power wheel car. <laughs> they are, they are, and and that's what I, th- I know. At a certain period of time, the Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. overwhelmed me with the possibilities. But now that I have a couple of ideas of things I want to do, I'm glad we picked one up. And I'm afraid I probably won't be able to play with it at least for a little bit because, well, that's how it works in my family. So. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Mallory's gonna. Oh, this this will be interesting. Yes, yes. Well, and now my stupid new work schedule. Oh. I mean, um, uh, now my work schedule that I am not too thrilled with means that I will be. It'll only be my Tuesday when it comes in, so I'm not going to be able to play with it. I I can already uh, tell you that she's going to be playing with stuff uh, right away. Probably going to put it together. Is probably what's going to happen. And I just checked the tracking. Man, using the keyboard on iOS is super nice. You already know this. But anyways, I just checked the tracking of the Raspberry Pi, and it is in transit at this time, set to be delivered on Saturday. So, I have discovered some things about Mike's wife over the past couple of weeks that have been just fascinating because I always assumed their their relationship was more like uh, me and Tia's where, you know, she's vaguely interested in technology, but not really. Like, Tia's not going to go screw around with a Raspberry Pi. That I can almost guarantee you. Well, unless I found something that she really wanted to do, she probably would. But, you know, Mallory is like, oh, no, you idiot. You put this over here on this screen why would you put that on your home screen it's like oh okay that changed the whole conversation for a second and then now it's Valerie driving the whole raspberry pi conversation it's like, oh my god what's going on i might have stopped doing the show right, with mike right, and start the doing the show is. with valerie because i don't know man mike is <laughs> his touch, that man. one he got to work and all this me and valerie just start doing the show yeah 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 it'll be you could still call it the dm show yeah <laughs> Well, you got to change the show title or that. <laughs> oh, I think that's all I have this week. Do you have anything else you want to mention? Uh, not really. I didn't, I didn't get much of interest uh, over Christmas. I picked up a new keyboard, uh, which is amazing because I can sit here at the Mac and do exactly what Mike is doing. Except only, it only takes me one keyboard. Uh, yeah. I can just switch. I think this keyboard, I need to look into it. I think I can connect to multiple devices, but I'm not 100% sure. And as I said on my Kelly Co. segment, Mallory bought me this keyboard and said, I don't know if you're going to stick with using a keyboard, so I didn't spend a lot of money. Ah, If you're interested in this, then we can go buy something more expensive. And I'm like, hmm, good thinking. I like it. That was good thinking. (laughs) I I mean, that's how I started with with Bluetooth keyboards a long time ago on iOS uh, specifically is uh, I bought a cheap one because I was like, I mean, I like it. It may be stupid. I may not use it, right? Like, I think I'm going to use it, but then am I really going to carry a keyboard around? And then ultimately, I ended up doing so. Uh, right. Yeah, it's nice having a Bluetooth keyboard on iOS at times. Uh, and I, I... Sometimes you get frustrated with it. Like, when VoiceOver gets stuck in the address bar and you can't uh, get it out of there. Yeah, you have to keyboard. reach over and tap the and phone. you have to pull your phone out to touch the middle of the screen to yeah. get VoiceOver yeah. focused back into the website. Yep. That is a thing. Is a thing. <laughs> so, 
We appreciate everyone's feedback that they give us when they give it to us, mainly on Twitter through direct messages and replies. You can reach out to him on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I'm at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. And show notes and more information can be found at yourownpay.com slash DM66. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.